What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining me here and uh, coming to you from California, back at my old place in L.A., nice and cozy. You might be hearing the crickets coming through the window. I have the windows closed, but them crickets are intense. I'm up in the, you know, because we're up in the mountainside here, baby. We're up in the mountain cabin. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But yes, out here in California, hence why this is a day late. Also, because March Madness. We're going to go ahead and blame March Madness a little bit. I was going to record last night. was exhausted from a travel day coming from the East Coast, not the East Coast, Midwest over to the West Coast. And then had to fill up my bracket, you know, March Madness. Started. Had to fill up my bracket, had to do it. Excuse me. We have a Keanu Trades group going for the men's, for the tournament challenge, the men's bracket for the NCAA tournament, college basketball. We got it going on. We're after the first day of games. So by this time you listen to, by the time you listen to this episode, a lot of things could have changed. But after day one of games, I am at 77% uh, accuracy which is okay because I was a little drunk when I did my bracket. Uh, you know, a couple, a little bit of whiskey. Hey, helps you make the decisions quicker. couple of up, I, I had Vermont. I had Vermont was my team. I was going to have go a run. I was going to have Vermont make it to the Sweet 16. And they lost to Arkansas, but they were so close. It was a 13 versus a 4, so I was hoping for it. But hey... 12s and 5s, 13s and 4s. Those are always the upsets. Actually, almost always 12s and 5s every year to the point where, like, and I'm talking about the seeding for these teams, 12s and 5s are upset. Like, 12s upset 5s so often to the point where it's like, who's doing the seeding? Like, who's doing this? Like, it's clearly not working if a 12 beats a 5, like, 3 out of every 4 times every year. I swear it happens. That's why I was annoyed because the one that I went with didn't work and some of the ones that went against me. Whatever. I'm doing okay in the bracket. Uh, I think I'm tied with Keanu right now for the top prize. So hopefully we can take him out at the end of the week. Looking through the rest of the week, if things go, I, I, who knows? It's the turn of, it's, I'm more confident in my bracket than his looking at the rest of the games. Knock on wood. You never know what can happen, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, and it's just the, be- by the way, March Madness is by far my favorite sporting event. By far, like American sporting event. I'm a huge European soccer, you know, European football. I love European. So I watch soccer all the time. That's my thing. I love soccer. That's my shit. But outside of that, American sports, I don't know. Professional sports, eh, I don't know. I don't like them as much anymore. I always talk about now where it's like when you're a kid, you love athletes because you're like, oh, they're great. I look up to them. When you get older, you realize they're douchebags. Even in college, like these guys suck. Especially a lot of professional athletes now. You're like, what, what, why do why? Why would I want to hang out with this person? I always joke about it. I always say it's like, why would I want to hang out with a guy that wants to fuck my girlfriend? It's, it's most athletes, okay? So I'm not a fan of most pros. So I like the college game for a lot of reasons for that reason, especially college basketball. And this is just a great tournament. You know, 64 teams make it. You win six games, you're a national champion. That's crazy. Six of the hardest games of your life. Maybe it's five games. It's five or six games. It's not a lot, right? But still, it is a lot when you look at brackets or look at tournament games. They're not easy. But I love it. It's so fun. A lot of games went to overtime. We're going to have a lot more of that coming up, I'm sure. Hopefully, we win some money. Whatever. Fun to play regardless. I'll be pretty busy for the next couple of days anyway, so I'll miss a chunk of the whatever's been going on. But 
um, still fun, still fun. And it got me distracted because I, we had the discord group going, they were talking about doing the brackets. I was like, I got to make sure I get one in. So I got it in. We're good to go. And let's talk about some stocks though, man. Seriously. Can't wait to start trading options more. I, I got them in paper trading options for over a week now. I've uh, been studying options for longer, a couple of months, a month-ish, uh, hardcore. Try to do it every day, put more into it. Rewatching YouTube videos. I'm putting together all the videos. And it's one of those things, too, when people reach out to me like, I want to teach me options. You can't. I can't teach you options. It's something you have to learn. It's like, hey, teach me French. Okay, how much time do you have? You want to sit down for, I mean, how, I mean, seriously. It's not just a thing where I can be like, hey, it's this, 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 done. It's like, it's a constant thing. Um, so you have to constantly be learning it. It's something you have to really want to learn because if you don't have the desire, you're not going to, the material's too dry and too heady. So it's like, if you're not, if you don't have the desire to do it, it's not worth it. But if you do have the desire and, and you're motivated and you think you can do it, then I think there's a lot of positives. And I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of money to be made, especially in these current markets with this volatility. It's crazy. It's crazy, but I love it. At the, I, I used to hate it more, but now it's like, I kind of like, okay, I get, I see why the volatility is good here. Cause you're, you're betting, you know, obviously you're going calls, puts, you're going both ways, money making either way and puts pay more faster from what I've uh, noticed. So again, I'm still figuring out, still learning more stuff. I'm eight for eight on paper trading. I did some square calls and Tesla calls the end of wet last week going into this week. I put in some square calls when it was sub 100. I put in square calls for 109. Got the contracts for like, I think 140 bucks a piece. And I bought a couple of them, sold them, scaled them out as it was rising. And then they expired March 18th. So I could have held them to tomorrow. They would have made more money. Obviously, Square making an $11 move today. It was up like 8% again today. So making big moves would have made more money on that call. But whatever, I'm still happy with it. Happy to see all these. A lot of these stocks are recovering hard. I mean, tech was grossly oversold. We talked about that for weeks. Um, taking advantage of this dip with inflation, whether it be the Russia scares, whatever it is, like take the dips, take whatever the market gives you. And if you were putting money on this recent dip, I mean, I'm not saying we're out of the woods yet, but it looks like a bottom has been set, at least for the time being. <laughs> um, we have three straight days of pretty big gains across the board. We'll see what tomorrow holds, but I'm, you know, I'm optimistic. But again, I, I need to get better at reading charts. I'm starting to study patterns every day. I started reading in the, the uh, Japanese chart, uh, Japanese candlestick charting book again. Again, that with, and it's not just one thing. I, I compare, like I talked about, obviously I'm going to keep talking about options, but the more I learn about it, the more it's like, it's like learning a second language. It really is. You have to like, you have to really immerse yourself. You have to do like multiple things. It can't just be like one thing. You can't just like one workbook and learn a language. You have to like practice and read and write and do all these different things. Same with options. You have to watch YouTube videos, rewatch YouTube videos, paper trade, uh, you know, do your, you know, practice trading, read charts, study charts, all this stuff. And it's just, it's, and you know, reading books and with the YouTube and, and, using the discord group to start and I've said people keep reaching out who want to join discord and look, join the discord group. I, I can't think of a better way to spend, you know, your money for a subscription than the discord. If you're in options, if you're not doing options, do not do it. It's absolutely not worth your time or your money. But if you are interested in doing options, you are trading options. The discord group is huge. As I'm talking about the Keanu trades, discord group, discord.gg slash Keanu trades. So, 
get in that if you're trading options read the main chat read the j trades chat read the trade ideas it's insane there's a cash pineapples channel in there obviously so the amount of stuff in there and the resources there is unbelievable it's crazy and the twitter spaces that we've been doing man what a resource i hope that continues maybe not every day of the week i don't know if you, if the guys can do it every day great i mean i'm here on the west coast now as of uh yesterday and they're dude these guys are these guys are not fucking around all right they're getting up at 6 a.m pre-market getting ready for the shit to go market's open at 6 30 out here and so they're they're on it and i've noticed those those twitter spaces are getting pretty full i was on the other day uh when i was at the airport i was on for probably 45 to an hour at my gate and we had oh, like 50 people on that thing that's amazing one of my friends won some Bitcoin, won $50 worth of Bitcoin. So, hey, win some Bitcoin. Listen to the Twitter spaces. If you're not going to join the Discord, at least follow everyone on Twitter. Follow Keanu on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, Jordan. Follow all the guys on Twitter. Follow their trade ideas and listen to their YouTube channels. I mean, these guys are not fucking around. And I keep saying, and I tell these guys all the time, it's inspiring. They're 19, 20. One of them's a finance major. One's not even going to this college. Now, there's 500 and some members in the Discord, but these are just some of the people that are you know, the, uh, the shot callers, the people running the, sh the shebang, you know? So check out the Twitter spaces. If you're not even in the discord, at least listen to the spaces. You can hear us talk live trade. I'm not on there every morning. And when I'm on there, I'm usually not contributing my trade ideas because I'm not, uh, doing as many as trades as those guys yet, yet I will be soon. I'm sending money every week to my Webull account to get it ready for options. I already have all the options stuff approved and ready to go. I'm just still paper trading, doing my practice, doing my due diligence, doing my reading, my studying. But looking at trades today, and I'm, I've just been busy with some work stuff too. Like after this next month, and I'm saying it on this podcast, after this month, so this is what, March, I have to go to April. In April, I have to go to New York City for most of April. But I should have a lot of time to, do, to, to still do options. So starting in April and then into May and June. May and June, I don't plan on taking any extra work that requires me to travel. I'm just going to stay in one spot. I don't know if that'll be in Michigan, New York, Cal, whoever, wherever it'll be. I'm going to be in one spot for those months. Um, oh, dang, my phone was blowing up. Hang on one second. I'm going to stay in those spots, though, um, and just and just focus on trading and just focus on studying and learning because I really need to to lean into that. And, um, you know, I always, I always talk about a Ron Swanson quote that I love so much that I talk about. Oh, shit. Almost unplugged my mic. Um where, you know, don't, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. And so I feel that sometimes I travel to go, I have to go travel and make my money. But at the same time, I have to, at some point, take a little less of that to focus on what I really need to, like this podcast, the Discord, the day trading. And it's, it is crazy. I'm seeing what can happen, seeing the possibilities. And it's, it's quite eye-opening. It's quite, I, I've said it about the stock market for a while, but now I believe it even more with options. And it's funny because I've said on previous episodes, I think options should be illegal because they create so much problems with volatility in the market. But I'm like, oh, but I'm seeing and and it is like options are full of insider trading and dirty shit. I get that. But if you can't beat them, join them. Right. That's been my investment philosophy since day one. And it ain't going to fucking change. OK. And same thing with options. You see, you get sick of I, uh, hey, you're sick of all the market volatility. You're sick of all the manipulation that goes on. Uh, don't don't be don't uh, don't beat them. Join them. OK. Stop getting mad at the SEC and the FBI and God knows who. Just just learn it. Learn the shit. And I'm not saying it's a perfect system. I'm not saying we're perfect. But I've been following this Discord group for a little bit now. And 
seeing these guys make trades every day and they don't miss often. Do they miss? Sure. But it is not often. And that's for a reason. Following the system, following the trade patterns, following following the rules of tra- their rules of trading, not not getting into trades that they don't see they don't see um the pattern they're looking for. They don't see the tr- it's like it's all about probability. But you want to have obviously you want to have the probability on your side. So it's interesting more and more. Of course, if you go into that too, you could you can think even ahead to uh, longer distance calls. If you know more about a company, if you know more about maybe future earnings reports, it's again, it's it's endless. And so I'm going to keep talking about it on here to keep myself motivated and to keep myself uh, true to my word, if you will. Like even saying taking off time in May and June, I keep reiterating that to uh, to stick to it. I talk about it in therapy every week, <laughs> so I'm like just keeping myself honest. Um, so now again, I talk about there being a bottom kind of set in with these, with these markets looking at today, today is a, uh, St. Patrick's day recording this after market close on Thursday. Uh, excuse me, big day, everything popping up again. Tesla taking a 31, $31 move up. Let's see what percentage that was. Tesla up threes, 3.7%. Shopify is on a tear the last few days. I had a friend text me like three days ago saying, Hey, what should I buy right now? And the first stock I thought of was Shopify because it was in like the low 500s. And I was like, Shopify is an absolute bargain right now. And it's, it's went up almost $200 in three days. Um, absolute bargain. I couldn't believe it went that low. I'm not saying it should have been at 14, 1500. Now we'll get back to that for sure. It maybe got there a little too quick, but Man, absolute bargain. Second only to Amazon and Ecom. Palo Alto Networks is holding up extremely well during this recent uh, downturn. Spotify, good buy at 138. Was down to 120-something. Hopefully, you've been buying Novonix, the American shares. That's going on a tear recently. Novonix, the Australian shares dipped. Of course, we're talking about stuff in my main portfolio, stuff that you've probably heard me talk about for forever. Airbnb is attractive right now. Airbnb is at a good price. NVIDIA is at a good... I mean, everything's at a good price. Amazon sub 3000. I should have picked up more. Damn it. Um, moving up almost 3% again today. Amazon going on a big tear the last couple of days. And a lot of that because they closed their deal with MGM. That merger goes through. I think they paid... I forget how much. It was like $8 billion or some stupid number. Yeah. So they got that... That deal went through. That's only going to help them with uh, their streaming... And their prime services. I like it. Let's see if anything major is happening across the board. Square is going up like crazy. And it's mainly because um, mainly because uh, it's been beaten down so much. Like Square sub 100 is such a bargain. I can't even wrap my head around it. And, it, and by the way, if you look at the chart, now that I'm learning about these patterns, Square did a almost a near perfect double bottom uh, in March. In March, in two weeks, in a week, um, almost a triple bottom. Even if you want to, if that's even a thing. If you go February, end of February, March eighth, March fourteenth, there were lows. But really, if you do a, a per, near perfect double bottom, a double bottom is a bullish pattern where once it hits that, it makes like a W. So those two bottom points, and then once it kind of closes back up, there can be a breakout, which is exactly what happened. Uh, and I made that call at 93.41 when it was at the low, March 14th. I think I made that. It was like maybe 95 or 96. So I was close when I bought that call option. 
Um, what's funny is I'm not to ad- I got to admit I didn't even see the double bottom pattern until after I made the trade. I just bought it because I just I I followed Square stocks so much, and this is why like I think it's important. I think Keanu mentioned this too. I think that's why it's so important to if you're new to options to trade stocks that you know you know how they behave because I've been following Square very closely for over two years, and so knowing how it's reacted to all sorts of different kind of market environments. I'm not saying I've gotten like I know exactly where it's heading, but you can see how it how it can predict at least in the short term. You can kind of predict some of its uh, short moves, and that's all you need to do if you're doing options. If you can predict a, a, just even a day ahead, that's all you need. Um, and so when it hit that mid 90s, low 90s, like we're probably going to easily see 100 again. And once we go over 100, it tends to pop up past that. So that's why I did the 109 calls, and they worked out perfectly going into this week. And so I noticed the pattern after the fact, and I was like, oh. The pattern worked perfectly and it, it worked well. And I didn't notice it till after the fact, but I, I made the trade because I had just seen this and I, I see why it happens because I've seen this happen so many times. I'm like, oh, and after the fact, I noticed the the, the pattern. And what's funny is if I would noticed the pattern, I probably would have held it. I would have held that call a little bit longer because it would have been past that like breakout point and it would have been riding because I sold it and I would have, yeah, I probably would have held a little bit longer actually. But hey, whatever. You win, you win, you make money, who cares? Um, so it's not really that big of a deal if you, like if you're making money, if you're positive on the trade, who cares? That's my money. That's my deal. For day trading, with day trading options, if you're just making money on it, if you're positive on the trade, who cares? Now, of course, you don't want to do much trades where you're only making like 50 cents or something, but you get my point relatively. It makes sense. Um, Tesla raised their prices on all their models. I don't know why that's news. <laughs> it's like of course they did why, why did they do it sooner everything's going up in price um are nfts done are we done with nfts i just wanted to say that because an nft thing popped up on my screen i do i did see that like the amount of searches or like a lot of like downloads of OpenSea is down like crazy which is indicative of a maybe a short-term cool off in nfts I don't know. I, again, I'm not going to sit here and say I know anything about NFTs. I I just like to invest in the technology that makes them. Do I really believe in NFTs? I guess no, because I don't own any. <laughs> but um, I just... But again, I don't want to be one of those like, boomer people who was like, like when the internet came out, they're like, ah, it's not going to change anything. And by the way, I'm out here uh, in California helping out for uh, doing an Amazon, jo- uh, an Amazon event. And so... I was at an Amazon Fresh store in Woodland Hills all day today. And oh my gosh, I had heard about the, I'd seen a couple of these, but like, dude, if Amazon continues to expand in these stores, every grocery store, they're fucked. Ralph's is fucked. Kroger, Meyer, all, they're fucked. They're all screwed. The only ones that wouldn't be would be like maybe Publix because Publix is great and kind of like has some, it, but even then Publix might get squeezed out because of the price competition. Like the Amazon fresh stores are basically like Whole Foods, but with like regular grocery store prices. Like it's Whole Foods with like Ralph's pricing. I'm using Ralph's. It's like a LA grocery store reference or it's like a a Meyer. If you're Midwest, Meyer, Kroger, that'd be the reference. I think Kroger owns Ralph's actually. So if Amazon can continue to build these stores, which I don't see why not, they have all the supply chain, they have all the tech. 
and it's like you go into the store you can you can get one of their like their smart carts that basically you can put paper bags in there and fill up your bags while you're shopping and pay for it while you're shopping so you just walk out don't even cash out if you don't want to now if you want to you can you can still go to a register i did because i want to try to figure out the technology stuff as like i said as far as how much i invest in tech i'm such a curmudgeon i'm such a boomer old man when it comes to tech i'm like nope let me do the my old way here's my credit card which of course is an amazon prime rewards credit card so i get five percent back on that bitch but well five percent back at whole foods and amazon so counts for amazon fresh but Damn, what a deal. And like the thing is like, dude, beautiful store. Everything was organized. Had a hot bar, like had like a Whole Foods hot bar, had a deli, had amazing sushi. And don't knock on grocery mark on supermarket sushi. Okay. Ralph's, you've been to the Sherman Oaks Ralph's LA people. There's a lot of LA LA references this episode. You ever been to the Sherman Oaks Ralph's had sushi there? Dude, you might as well be in Little Tokyo, okay? But you're not. You're at Ralph's on Hazeltine. Man. My deep cuts of LA, unparalleled, un- unmatched. Um, that's how I feel about the Amazon Fresh grocery stores, dude. The fuck, the sushi's fire. Now, is it Michelin star? No, but it's it's legit, dude. For a seven dollar and fifty cent spicy tuna roll, come on, what are you mad at? And like you know, they're just like the employees are nicer because they're not making 12.50 an hour they're actually making probably like 18 19 20 an hour like i said last week's episode amazon's doing a stock split probably because a lot of these employees even like store associates at these amazon fresh stores cashiers probably getting stock plans why not a little stock option hey pay them less cash give them a little more stock why not i would take that shit give me no cash give me stock only bitch what do you think ceos do <laughs> what of course hook it up so by splitting that stock, being able to give employees more shares because they're cheaper per share. I'm sure that's happening and will happen. And I'm sure uh, we'll see more people talk about that as it gets closer. Um, and Amazon's going out of tear. It's been up, was like $2,700 a share a couple days ago. Now it's at 31.44 as a market closed today on St. Patrick's Day. Went up 82 bucks a share today. It was up like 100 bucks a share yesterday. I mean... I think that lost two of the MGM deal going through, but these Amazon fresh stores, man, crazy. And like that store was nonstop all day. People coming in, buying their groceries, the delivery service, nonstop people coming up, picking up all these groceries. And it's like, like I said, the prices are competitive. Like it's, it's cheaper than Ralph's and I can use my Amazon prime rewards card. So I get an extra 5% back and the store was super clean, super organized. I mean, and one thing I noticed as well was they had a little less selection of certain things. Like they had pretty much everything, but they didn't have like, like some of the stuff at Ralph's is like, there's so many like, or at Meyer even or some of these other grocery stores. It's like, yes, they have a lot of selection, but it's almost too much. It's almost like, do I need, I've always thought this, like when I go to like some of these grocery stores, some of these stores, it's like, I don't need 38 versions of toothpaste. Like this is, this is, this is where capitalism fucks up. Okay. This is where we need to draw a line. We don't need like, like Colgate alone has like eight brands of toothpaste on any given shelf. And then Crest has their 20 and Aquafresh has their five. And then you got generic brands of all this. It's like, dude, I don't need uh, how much, what, how many options do we, and same thing with like, like different, like, like mustard, for example, why are we storing anything? Why are we putting anything on the shelves, but French yellow, French is yellow mustard. I mean, what are you wasting everyone's time for? Don't put the generic shit up. Work harder. It's 30 cents more for French's. Get it done. So uh, I like that Amazon 
kind of limit your options a little bit. Like, hey, we're going to streamline this bitch a little bit. It's going to help us and help you. Good. Good. We don't need that many. We don't need all those choices. Okay. But it is terrifying because Amazon controls e-commerce and they're, they're coming for grocery stores next. I do not see how Walmart competes with this. Honestly, I do not see how Target competes with this. I do not see how any other grocery store competes with this. I love Meyer and I love Ralph's. Well, I don't love Ralph's. I used to. But now that I've been to Amazon Fresh, I'm over that shit. It's like it's a, if I was a Walmart CEO, I'd be shitting my pants right now. Really? I don't I don't know how you're going to compete with this. Cuz the only thing that Walmart can compete with is like, well, we have other bullshit you can buy here. Well, guess what? That's what Amazon Prime is for. Oh, you have you have camping gear and coolers. Oh, guess what? Amazon has that too. You have everything. And the convenience and like I said, they have the tech way better than anyone. They have AWS. They own, I mean, they can make all their shit perfect and the, you know, streamlined and they always think of the next best thing like at what point is i mean i can't imagine i keep using all these like like meyer or kroger using like these digital grocery carts that scan your shit and pay as you go i can log into my app on my amazon prime app and just hit in store and a qr code comes up for me and i can just scan things and pay for it as i shop that's i mean that like target walmart every other store is so far behind on that and that's one of the things I talk about when you look at long-term investing. It's one of the principles: innovation. Companies that innovate quickly and and, and efficiently—that's so important. I, I don't know. I don't know what outside of profitability, which innovation begets that profitability. So it's like it's just a win-win. I just, I mean, as much as I, you know, look, Amazon's an evil company. As much as I'm saying all these these things about them it's like yeah they're evil but like this is why they're going to keep winning this is why they're the number one held company by hedge funds look man i, I love to see small business win but uh it's hard to compete with corporate america and and honestly look if amazon is does pay these employees these stock plant these stock option plans like i keep talking about and actually pay them like their health insurance and benefits and pay them a decent rate whatever who cares? I've made this point about Starbucks for a long time. Starbucks is shit coffee to the point where I might have to stop going to Starbucks. Honestly, it's getting real shit. Maybe I'm. I, it's it's that. Also, I I've been drinking better coffee lately, so I'm I'm getting I'm growing up. I'm growing out of Starbucks, which I feel like I did a long time ago. But now it's like okay, we're we gotta be done for good. We gotta move on, Starbucks. Um, it's just not good. It's like, it's burnt. It tastes like shit. But for the long, and it's getting a little expensive. For the longest time, it was $2 for a black coffee. Now it's pushing three. That's a little, little rich for a shitty cup of black coffee, Starbucks. And that's coming from a guy who'll pay, who I will pay seven. I'll pay seven bucks for a cup of coffee. I've done it more than I care to admit. But you get a nice pour over coffee at a nice place. Intelligentsia, Blue Bottle. Alfred, you get some real shit, you know, you're going to pay five, six, leave a dollar for the barista, like a gentleman, $7, baby. So I'm all for that. I'll do that. That's fine. But I'm not going to pay three bucks for burnt cigarette coffee. That's what Starbucks is. It tastes like a cigarette because it's burnt. It tastes like an ashtray. But 
I've given a pass to Starbucks for a lot of th- things because I'm like, hey, they give their part-time employees health insurance. That's pretty great. I don't mind paying an extra 70 cents or a dollar a cup if that means that the guy behind the counter can get his leg cut off if he needs to for a diabetes. Oh, that's dark. <laughs> it's like, But, you know... I like going to the coffee shop. If the, if the guy needs a little help with his medical bills, he's got the insurance. This is coming from a guy. I, hey, I paid $3,000 for my fucking broken leg slash ankle slash shredded tendons. Like what? Now, like I said, I, de- I deserve to pay every dollar of that 3000 because I've been paying like 30 bucks for health insurance since like 2015. But I, so I get it. But, uh, <laughs> but I also didn't choose to work a, or like a regular job. So I, I kind of had to, you know, make my, uh, improvise if you will with health insurance. But if you're working, like if you're willing to put, if you're, look, if you're putting on an apron to go to work, you should get health insurance. It's that simple. Whether it's to be uh, a server, a cook, uh, an Amazon fresh cashier, whatever it might be. If you're putting on an apron, you deserve health insurance. In my opinion. So whatever we got to do to pay, that's fine. If we got to pay a few more bucks to get the health insurance for the folks, whatever. That should be how it sh- that's how it should be. Until we get, you know, everyone's health insurance covered, which is never going to happen in this country because we're too greedy and have too many lobbyists and special interest groups. But whatever. Like I said, one of my favorite things to always tell people, hey, know, know the game, know the system in which we live, and learn to operate within it. So there you go. Um, let's see. What else I want to talk about before I get out of here? In a second. Let's look through some stuff, see if we got anything like major that I missed news-wise. I know the Fed raised rate hikes. I know that's part of the reason why like they raised like what a, a basis point or some shit. And so the market's reacting like, oh, that's and, and like I said this in previous episodes where it's like they're going to sell off like crazy because the Fed, inflation, inflation, inflation. And I said in previous episodes, it's like, why are we selling off when the Fed's saying they're going to cut, they're going to raise rates? Isn't that going to slow down inflation? Isn't that what like should help the stock market? But again, it's all manipulation. They're all just using shit like, hey, I would too. Like, I wish I had more cash to buy up some of these lows. I need to make some moves in my parents account pretty soon here. I should have made some last week, but uh, I was been I've been a little busy, a little distracted. But man, got to pick up some Shopify. I got to pick up some of these, man. I've just been trying to be disciplined with my cash. I'm trying to leave a little extra cash for stock options, but it's really hard to not buy some more Apple at this price or Nvidia or Shopify. Like those three particularly, or like Google is still pretty low at twenty six nine and so it's like amazon it's getting back up there but amazon sub three was like oh why didn't i buy more i did buy more actually no i did buy more amazon sub three um but again every time i do it i'm like i should have bought more (sighs) but whatever this is why i love the options game you can use less cash to leverage more gains baby but it can be risky biz but dude, if you have cash, like there's not a better time to get into the market right now. If you're sitting on cash and you have cash, you have my go ahead to start buying up some shit now. There might be some more, a little bit more pain in the short, but I think we're very close to a bottom, if not already. We may have already found it. And by the way, today is March 17th. The market bottomed out almost exactly two years ago. 
So you might be listening to this episode on the two-year anniversary of the market bottoming out, which I believe was March 23rd, 2020. So we're right there. We're right there, dude. And the, and March is also a weird month often for reversals. I feel like January, February. I feel like the next next year, I'm going to just stay out of the market from like November to like February. It's a weird time a year to be buying positions because people are doing all sorts of year-end adjustments for taxes. And then the next year starts and people are doing their new buying. And it's like, it's such a weird, I just don't know if I'm going to buy, like looking, you know, I've been trading pretty actively for four or five years now. And so not, not trading, but investing. And so it's like, now I'm trading, but investing for at least five years pretty actively. And so it's like, I just, man, I might, maybe I'll just sit out those months. Those have been a little weird. Not saying it's like, I've, I've, I've not done anything. I've not made moves necessarily. Like I just, I want to wait those out because it just seems like there's too much weird shit that goes on. That's just like, all right, that's like a trailing thought there. Um, let's get our focus back. All right, let's make sure I'm just going to do a quick like browse through the Apple news of like the Dow. Make sure we didn't miss anything here. Oil's high. Who gives a shit? What else is new? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of it. It's like, you know, buy more Google and Amazon before those both those stocks splits. I think Amazon splits in May, Google in July. Um, I want to reiterate that. Futures don't look too great, but they didn't look great yesterday and it turned around. So who cares? Let's see. Just see if there's anything major. Markets. I don't think there's anything like, yeah, I think we're pretty much. It's just a lot of the same of the same uh, bullshit. Inflation, Russia. Haven't checked Bitcoin in a while. Bitcoin's doing okay. All right. I think we're about to, I think it's about time to call it a day, folks. So again, if you want to get into options trading, I'm putting together, I know we've already had this. I think Keanu already put together like an education deck, but I'm, I'm putting one together myself. One for me. And then I'm also trying to get someone into options trading who has no investment um, experience, but I think is a smart kid and I think would be good at this. And I think his brain would work with options. And so I'm putting together a list of like videos and stuff to watch for someone who's completely brand new to trading, like not just, not just, uh, options, but just investing in the stock market in general. So I'm putting together like, a an options course of videos or an options like to do list for someone who is like a, a more, uh, experienced investor. And then, an options learning to do list for someone who has no fucking clue about stocks or investing has never bought one, has no idea what they are. Doesn't know what the three, what the major indexes are. So I'll make another, make a list for those. Um, along with my notes, I'm making notes on everything on Google drives and I'll add to them. I'm going to start rewatching more videos. I just, uh, I've been busy with some work stuff, but again, we're going to step out of that real soon. I keep talking about it in discord and on Twitter I'm going to say it on here too, just to keep myself uh, accountable. Fun trick, by the way, it can be annoying. I try not to do it with projects because I hate talking, like pro talking about projects can be annoying, but when it comes to like, um, just certain stuff like this, where I just feel like I just like to say things out loud. Like it's, I don't know. It's, I wouldn't do it with like, if I'm ever like writing like a pilot, I would never be like, tell someone I'm writing a pilot just cause that's like obnoxious. <laughs> but sometimes it is good to, to say those things out loud because it, it keeps you like married to a deadline or it keeps you like, uh, it gives you like reliability almost where it's like, all right, I said, so that I was writing this thing. I better finish it or do it. Cause they're going to ask me down the road. 
Um, so same with like, I keep talking about the stock stuff where it's like, okay, I need to make sure I take some time to step aside. And and also it's like, I need to practice what I preach as well. So if I tell people like, Hey, set aside time to actually learn this, you know, like I said, I need to make sure I do that myself and not just kind of half-ass it, you know, don't, uh, like I said, like the great ones, like the great Ron Swanson says, don't half-ass two things, whole ass one thing. All right. That'll do. We'll see you later. Have a good week.